0: All right, news Roundup, Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. We'll get a lot of calls in this hour. Uh, we've got a great Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox. Uh, it's day 38, Americans abandoned by Joe Biden behind enemy lines, hostage of the Taliban, and nobody in Washington, seemingly, uh, in the Democratic Party, cares to even mention it ever, ever. It's like they just ignore it as these Americans now caught behind enemy lines. How are we going to get them out of there? Joe's too busy busy riding his tricycle. Um, all right, so I want to go so to Anthony Fauci today. He says he's favoring vaccine mandates in schools. Now, Pfizer came out yesterday saying that they believe the efficacy and safety of giving the vaccine to five to eleven years old, eleven year olds, uh, is there, and now they're talking about mandating that for every child in every school. Listen. Would you support
1: schools mandating the COVID vaccine for kids? You know, that's an interesting question. I know there's a lot of pushback against mandates, but I think we are in such an emergency situation with the 150,000 cases that we're having each day. People think that having children be required to get vaccination is a very novel thing. It isn't.
0: What he's not talking about, remember the science. We keep getting lectures, follow the science. Now, uh, what has the science been as it relates to younger people and COVID? That they do not get impacted. Now, there are exceptions, so you've got to be careful. But they're not as greatly impacted by this virus the way older people are. And people with comorbidities and people with pre-existing conditions and people with compromised immune systems. None of that has changed. Um, I know, for example, you know, when my kids in college with this thing, okay, there were a lot of kids that got COVID and for most of them, it was maybe a day or two and they didn't feel great. And then they were back to feeling fine without exception. And, and that was pretty much the story around the country. Again, there are exceptions. Again, talk to your doctor. I'm not your doctor. Um, now the question is, these are the same people. That told us, now Fauci's been wrong on everything. Um, So, you know, here we are, nearly 700,000 dead people after. And, you know, now the very people that have changed their mind, now you don't need a mask. A mask isn't going to do anything, Fauci said in March of of 2020. Then it became one mask. Then it became two masks. Then it became, get the vaccination or get a mask. Keep the mask. Now it's vaccinate, get the mask, and you might have a breakthrough case. And now we'll even ration uh, monoclonal antibodies. I mean, it just never—it never ends with these people. You know, look, listen to all these people that said they'd never mandate anything.
2: No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. Perhaps
1: the federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated? people?
3: I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, That is the role that institutions, private sector entities, uh, and others may take. We cannot require someone to be vaccinated that's just not what we can do i am all for um more vaccination um but uh you know i I have nothing further to say on that except that we're looking into those policies and and quite honestly as people are doing that locally um those are those are individual local decisions
1: as well i don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine particularly for the general public
0: never see a mandate for vaccines flip-flop fauci Joe, no, I would never demand uh, a mandatory vaccinations. Jen Psaki, no, that's not the role of the federal government. Nancy Pelosi, we can't require people to get vaccinated. Um, You know, then of the CDC director, Walensky saying the same thing that that this isn't going to happen. Now, here we are. Um, Now, the question is, what do people do? for example, that have rare conditions. I, one thing I don't understand is how so many people feel comfortable telling everybody what to do medically when they don't know a thing about any conditions you might have, your, your medical history, which is unique, your current medical condition, which is unique. I never heard of one-size-fits-all medicine. None of these people have been to medical school. They're not the people I trust. I keep urging you to talk to your doctor, doctors, take into account your unique medical history and current condition. I urge you to do your own research. For example, do you know the difference between an mRNA uh, virus? Uh, Dr. Malone, who invented the technology, he says natural immunity is actually better than the, the very uh, Pfizer-Moderna technology that he invented. He said that it was quoted in the Epic Times last week saying it. And then you've got other issues. Now, I believe in science. I believe in vaccination science. But I also believe in freedom, too. And there are people that do have rare conditions that doesn't fit into their one size fits all, uh, you know, medicine for all program that they've got. And then you have people with natural immunity that are listening to people like Dr. Robert Malone, obviously a very smart man. You know, looking at the data that initially came out from the Cleveland Clinic and elsewhere, uh, looking at the study that Dr. Malone cited out of Israel about natural immunity versus vaccination immunity there are a lot of questions that go unanswered but god forbid if if, if you know if i just say everything they said the government shouldn't demand would n- never has no right to demand that people men are mandated to get a vaccine like joe biden said oh i'm a i'm a crazy anti-vaxxer or if i said that it's not the role of the federal government like jen saki said well hannity is is going to kill people Uh, We cannot require people to be vaccinated like Nancy Pelosi said. Um, uh, Then, you know, again, the same thing. What do you want people to die or or Walensky or Fauci? You know, well, well, I, I never see a mandated vaccine in the country. They just keep changing the goalposts and people at this point. If you want to know where vaccine hesitancy comes from. Well, look at Joe Biden and the federal government and the CDC and the NIH. And you could start with all these people that change their minds seemingly uh, every single day. Anyway, there's Pat Hughes is joining us. He's the president of a nonprofit, Liberty Justice Center. And he feels that businesses should have the right to challenge the mandates. And they're looking to mount a legal challenge and they will represent businesses pro bono for free. They've had an enormous success with national cases, Um, and at the Liberty Justice System, you know, they're a non-for-profit working for the rights of individuals, and their lawsuits I find pretty fascinating, and I just think it's something you might want to be aware of. Uh, But anyway, one of them is, in 2018, Liberty Justice Center restored the First Amendment rights of more than 5 million public employees. They were involved in that landmark Supreme Court victory, Janice versus ask me the the union the decision determined government employees no longer have to pay union dues or fees to government unions that they don't believe in and which take positions in which they disagree anyway so obviously a serious law firm so here to talk about what they're doing here is uh pat hughes pat welcome to the program
2: Hey, Sean, thanks for having me. Hey, I'm, I'm loath to agree with Nancy Pelosi and Jen Psaki, but when they say the federal government can't use OSHA to mandate vaccines on businesses with more than 100 employees, they're absolutely right. The law does not provide the Biden administration to mandate the vaccines through the OSHA law. They're trying to use these emergency temporary standards, which were reserved for uh, things like asbestos. I think the last case, Sean, was in 1983 when, you know, I was in eighth grade, I'm 52 years old now, and they're trying to you know, shoehorn and fit a, a square peg in a round hole, just like they tried with the eviction moratorium, and it's the same thing. So at Liberty Justice Center, we are representing companies that are other businesses that have over 100 employees in various parts across the country um, and are wanting to challenge this mandate the minute that it's set down, because it's beyond the realm of joe biden's power for the constitution it's beyond what the osha law provides and it's just another example of this administration and many on the left who are pushing uh, COVID policies well beyond what they're uh, entitled to do
0: now there is there is a, a loophole and that is that if you decide and make the decision or in consultation with your doctor uh not to get vaccinated that you can get tested every week does that then therefore mitigate the, the mandate p- portion of this?
2: So I think that was an attempt by them to mitigate it, but I don't see it that way for a couple of reasons. Number one, the OSHA statute still isn't broad enough to allow that type of backup plan, which is why the administration put it in place. But also, Sean, think of it from a cost perspective, right? We're seeing, you know, 5% plus inflation. You talk about that on your program every day and every night. There's 11 million jobs that aren't being filled. The last thing that major employers need right now are additional burdens, are people who either don't Want to get the vaccine, or maybe they don't want to be tested every week and they leave their jobs. This is going to hurt these large businesses. It's going to hurt employment. It's going to hurt the economy. So for all of those reasons, um, this is a bad decision. And I don't think the OSHA law provides them the, the right to do it. And, and, and really quickly, the one thing I really think about this is Biden has failed on Afghanistan, on the, at the border, as you're seeing all weekend. The great reporting by Fox News um, on the economy. His numbers are tanking on all those fronts, and the only place where he's Sort of a little bit above water is covid and so he's doing these magic i hate to tell
0: you there was a poll out last week he's below water and covid now
2: so now so now even he's losing match on but when he did by the
0: way case, remember you know at this point last year you know we're now t- this year 300 times we have 300 times more cases of covid positivity than we did last year before the election.
2: Well well that's so that's that's a really good indicator of how these things lag because at the time he did this at, at the mandate, when he lost the mandate, this is what he had in his quiver in terms of, of popularity, and that's why he did it. And, and and so and secondarily he thinks he can say that everyone who's unvaccinated is a Trump supporter and then therefore blame Trump and Republicans for everyone's woes in life. That's the two step he's trying to pull off and he's trying to squeeze that through OSHA. So there's pretext here. We call it in the law. He's not interested in saving people's lives with this mandate. He's interested in the politics of it.
0: Quick break. We'll come back more. Pat Hughes, president of the Liberty Justice System on the other side. All right. As we continue, Pat Hughes is with us. He's with the nonprofit, the Liberty Justice Center, challenging the vaccine mandates around the country. Let me ask you this only for the first time. Now, remember, it was about a year ago that Donald Trump actually got. covid tested positive and and got the monoclonal antibodies like Regeneron, Eli Lilly has their version of it and the only time Joe Biden ever mentioned it was when he was talking about the vaccine mandates what a week you know about a week ago and my question is why have they ignored this this option and now that you know Ron DeSantis set up these monoclonal antibody centers all throughout Florida this was as a direct result of all the breakthrough cases we have where you have fully vaccinated people now get contracting COVID-19. Now granted, there's less hospitalization according to the numbers. There's, there's less death according to the numbers, but that's the Delta variant. What about the Lambda variant? What about the Mu variant? What about the variants behind these variants that will ultimately be coming our way? I'm assuming considering viruses mutate all the time. Um, so what I'm trying to understand is why do why wouldn't they if you if you have a, a therapeutic like Regeneron and I'm I'm always telling people to talk to their own doctors. I'm not a doctor. I'm not qualified to tell people what to do. But if you got a breakthrough case or you weren't vaccinated and you test positive, you know, I would urge you to immediately call your doctor and ask about therapeutics like Regeneron and see what they say.
2: Well, it's insane for the administration not to promote whatever a doctor and their patient are discussing with respect to therapeutics and treatment, and, and per, particularly the ones that have gotten better. And, and, and again, and I hate to go back to it, the answer is politics. It's the same reason why having a prior infection, even though like you mentioned previously, it gives you at least as much and almost likely way more protection than the vaccine does, but, the, but that doesn't qualify uh, to keep your job. That doesn't qualify for you uh, to, to, to ride in an airplane if we required vaccinations for riding on an airplane only vaccines do that and the reason why the administration is setting it up that way in my view and the reason why i think our lawsuit ultimately would be successful is the pretextual nature of it what they're really trying to get at is the politics i want to blame someone else for covid and that someone else is donald trump and republicans even though i'm performing terribly on it. That's what I want to do. And the best way to do that is to call out people who are unvaccinated for whatever reason and say that those unvaccinated people are the opponents. And that's the two-step that I think is leading to this mandate, and it's part of the reason why I think a judge will buy the notion that it's pretextual and it's beyond the scope of OSHA, despite the fact that you look at the OSHA language, it doesn't fit within this context. But I think it's political, and it's a shame, because as you know and as you talk about every day, this is Harming American citizens all across the country, um, the, the way the administration is attacking this, and it's unfortunate and it needs to stop.
0: Well, we appreciate it. How could how do people get in touch with you? That'd be interesting. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so go to help at LibertyJusticeCenter.org or just go to LibertyJusticeCenter.org. We're, like you mentioned before, we don't charge fees to our clients. we are non not-for-profit, uh, and so we're happy to help anybody in this context and, and can be very, very helpful for a particular plaintiff, a particular business, and just for the cause generally.
0: All right, appreciate it. Very fascinating. We're going to watch this. First thing I said when Biden gave this speech is, I don't think this holds up constitutionally. First thing I said, my my observation of it. As a non-lawyer, uh, I'm going to follow these cases with great interest. Uh, thank you, Pat. Appreciate it. 800 941 is our number. If you want to be a part of the program, we'll get to your calls uh, coming up next. Uh, that's all straight ahead. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SHAWN. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, I mean, this case involving Gabby uh, Petito, is the search for answers, it just... It gets more mysterious and bizarre by the day. Brian Laundrie's family attorney was supposed to have a presser yesterday and then decided not to have it. Um, the criminal defense attorney on potential charges for the parents. Uh, most people don't think, most, most legal scholars that I've read and been following don't think there's going to be charges for the parents. Uh, but search warrant documents reveal apparently odd texts and tension in the days leading up to gabby's disappearance um august 27th the subject's mother nicole schmidt received an odd text uh from the subject and it said can you help stan i just keep getting the voicemails and missed calls the document reads and it goes on to explain that referring to stan that's petito's grandfather by name was unusual behavior for her, and the exchange led the mother to begin having concerns about her well-being. And the 911 calls reveal that Brian Landry apparently was seen hitting and slapping Gabby Petito before the disappearance. Nancy Grace was phenomenal on this last night. 911 caller reported a domestic uh, dispute between the two of them in Moab, Utah. And apparently it was heard telling a dispatcher the gentleman is slapping the girl, hitting the girl. And that night, for whatever reason, the police determined that Gabby would stay in, in her van and that he would stay in a hotel. And hopefully they would cool off. And I guess the only marks that they saw in terms of physical marks were on on the guy, not not Gabby. And and they're defending their decision. And. You know, she says I didn't even want to keep watching the body cam video. Nancy Gray said when the cops were called, uh it turns out that there was another call nine one one where somebody not connected to Gabby or Laundry Landry uh described a man hitting and slapping the woman, uh Brian Laundry. Uh anyway, she was running up the sidewalk. They ended up getting in the white van with Florida plates driving off. So it was about him hitting her according to this nine one one caller. Alabama cops now are investigating a dozen possible sightings of this guy, Um, and you know the the law enforcement now has had. They have the van, they have the cell phones, they have everything. They've now gone through the parents' homes, Um, and here's the nine-one-one call that I'm referring to. Grant County Sheriff's
2: Office. Hi, can you hear me, sir? Yeah, I can hear you. Hi, uh, I'm calling. I'm right on the corner of Main Street by Moonflower, and. We're driving by, and I'd like to report a domestic dispute, Florida, with the white van, Florida license plate, white land, gentleman, five six beard. They just drove off. They're going down Main Street. They made a uh, a right onto Main Street from Moonflower. Or what were they doing? Cooperative. But um, what do you say? What were they doing? Uh, we drove by, and the gentleman was slapping the girl. He was slapping her. Yes. And then we stopped. They ran up
1: and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her. Hopped in the car, and they drove off.
0: I mean, just incredible. Um, there's a controversy that has arisen out of MSDNC. Joy Reid, uh, here's what she had to say that has gotten a lot of people, gotten a lot of media attention and response. Listen.
3: Now, it goes without saying that no family should ever have to endure that kind of pain, and the Petito family certainly deserve answers and justice. But the way this story has captivated the nation has many wondering why not the same media attention when people of color go missing? Well, the answer actually has a name, missing white woman syndrome, the term coined by the late and great Gwen Eiffel to describe the media and public fascination with missing white women like Lacey Peterson or Natalie Holloway, while ignoring cases involving missing people of color.
0: You know, it's very, but I've listened to that comment, by the way, and you know, we they can't find this guy. And this this is getting bizarre, more bizarre by the day. Linda, you and I've been following this. It's so heartbreaking. I mean, this young woman. And we, we've talked about this a lot, actually. And that is, why do some cases get so much attention and other cases get zero attention? Now, I think, you, for example, you could use the case of George Floyd. And I would argue probably the videotaped evidence, you know, played a big part of why that went viral. Because it was so egregious that there was hardly anybody, there's not a, a cop friend of mine that, that thought that the officer acted in the right way there in any way, shape, manner, or form. As a matter of fact, most of their reactions were pretty angry. Um, but, you know, I'd like to point out one thing is, you know, on my program, since Barack Obama was president and Joe Biden was vice president, I could not for the life of me understand that. You know, you'd have 20, 30, 50, 60, 70 people shot every weekend in Chicago. It's still going on today. And I'd scroll the names of all the people that were shot, all the people that were shot and killed. These are names people never hear of. They never get reported on. Before we had Horace uh, Lorenzo Anderson Sr. on the program, not a single person ever contacted him but us. And this program and my and my television program. And then the first politician to get in contact with him was Donald Trump. Not the, not the dopey mayor out there that was calling it the autonomous zone, the summer of love zone, Chaz chop, spaghetti potluck dinner zone, where this, this young man died and couldn't get the medical attention after he was shot. And it's just unbelievable. And I've been scrolling the names of, of innocent victims, shooting victims, those young kids that had killed. You know how many times, how many years have I been doing that, Linda, including cops that are shot on the job?
3: At least the past, at least the past ten. And to be completely just to double down on what you're saying, I mean, whenever a life is lost in a tragic way, I I just don't understand why anybody would be thinking about their race. Like this is not a time. This this family has not put their daughter in the ground. They haven't had their service. They haven't. They're mourning the right now. Back? I'm like, and you're talking about how wrong it is to cover it because she's white? That's what you're thinking about? Like, that wasn't what anybody thought about when they heard about this, if they have a heart and they're a Christian. About George Floyd, about him, you know, about Gabby, about all I, these you kids. Know, when, I,
0: when I put the names up of people that they're shot and shot and killed in Chicago. And
3: she's and never done over. that, Sean. She's never done that.
0: No, I think I'm the only one in in cable news that's ever done it. And I've been doing it now for a long time, many years, over a dozen years probably, right? Okay. And we've been doing this on the program. Nobody ever knows these names, these people that are shot. you know. But it it seems like there are people that for whatever reason sometimes, and I'm not saying this is the case at all here, for political reasons, I, I don't know the race of the people whose names we're putting up. Police officers, innocent people shot, shot and killed in Chicago. I don't I don't know that. It's just their human lives that have been lost. Our fellow Americans, it's a war zone and nobody ever lifts a finger to help stop it. And that's what for the life of me, I cannot understand. It is predictable this weekend in Chicago. Probably odds are somewhere around 30 or 40 people that should be shot and maybe 10 will die. You know, now Mayor Lightweight's new plan is to sue street gangs. Oh, I'm sure they've got tons of assets that they're going to be taking from the street gangs.
3: Their lawyers just are lining up. They can't wait to represent the gang. What is she talking about?
0: I mean, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Now, we do know tough policing works because we saw a Republican mayor in New York by the name of Rudy Giuliani. And Curtis Sliwa says he would bring back Stop and Frisk. Stop and Frisk. God, do we ever need it. Listen, nearly 3,000 people murdered every year in New York City. And Giuliani said enough is enough. And he sent the the higher concentration of law enforcement resources to the areas where they they had the highest uh, number of incidents of crime. And they went in there and they policed. And as a result, that number went down from 3,000 to below 300. That's how successful that program is. Mayor Bloomberg, to his credit, followed up on those policies. Now apparently he regrets it when he was running for president. But whatever, it worked. And lives were saved. And a lot of those lives happen to be minority lives. doesn't matter. Every life matters to me.
3: When you take police out of communities that have crime, then those communities are riddled with crime. It's not about what race is in the community. It's about sending police to where there is crime. Period. That's it. So if we're not sending to police where there is crime and people are dying, what exactly are we fighting for? What is going on?
0: I I, I I sit there, and I think that maybe, you know, the show would have impact at some point. That maybe people would see, oh, Hannity keeps scrolling this long list of names. Maybe we ought to go, go do something about it. It never happens.
3: I'm not right. even kidding you. While I'm sitting here talking to you, I just got an email from someone, and the title of the email is that... Um, we don't pay attention to the missing and forgotten black girls. White supremacy is an illness. Why are we talking about Gabby Petito? And I'm reading this email, and it's it's evil. And I thought to myself, why are you not praying for that family right now? We pray for every family when they lose a child. You know, we're trying to rescue Afghan allies right now. We're not asking them, were they born here? How did they get their citizenship? Do they have a blue? Do they Are you an ally? Do you need to get out of there? Do we know who safe? our allies are. Exactly.
0: And we have them. I, it's just, just like we abandoned Americans,
3: it's unheard. Where I said, we're That's at right not political now is scary.
0: scary. Just like I don't care. Uh, I said if everybody caught behind enemy lines, that Joe Biden abandoned is a liberal that wants me taken off the air, and there are a lot of people that want that. I still want them home.
3: It was. A, I'll tell you what. We got a lot of reaction to that. People were calling in, and they were like, "Man, you know, this is a guy who's getting beat up every day by people who hate him, and he's still saying that he wants you I here want and he wants our you American safe
0: American family home, and, and we want our like freedoms."
3: You have the and, and, freedom
0: to dislike
3: what you like. That's the beauty of America. We don't agree.
0: A lot of people hate me, especially in yeah. New York. I'm really loved in New York. Do you, you want to York share the news of, of what different... happened
3: yesterday with
0: our audience, Sean? Oh, okay. So yesterday, Linda finally gave me the number of her pastor, and I got to talk to him. What was it's big his news? Reaction? That, well, well he's—I
3: mean, he's a huge fan, and you know, he loves—he loves you. He loves the show, and uh, he just got—he was—he's so funny because we called on commercial break. And he goes, aren't you on the air? I'm like, yeah, I got five minutes, and you just took over. And it was just hilarious. He was like, what is happening right now? And then we hung up, and he texted me, and he goes, well, that was cool. I was like, yeah, (laughs) man. It was
0: hilarious. (laughs) He didn't give me the definitive answer, but I I did bust you on your cursing. I did.
3: Yeah, well, there was nothing to bust. I'm pretty honest with him. I mean, you know, he's been to my house for dinner. He knows what's going on. Katie met him, too. Katie knows him, too.
0: Uh, listen i think this guy's got to be a saint if he lets you in the in the church every week
3: any any parish any pastor who can take me every sunday morning god bless him he's amazing
0: i'm not disagreeing on that he was a good Uh guy i liked him uh mike in arkansas hey mike i got a little bit of hope and optimism to pass to you sir yes sir
1: so after four years of uh jimmy carter we got ronald reagan an awesome conservative Joe Biden is Carter times 10, so I'm hoping that when we – and we will survive Biden. When we survive Biden, I'm hoping we're going to get an awesome – another awesome concert. Yeah,
0: that's, that's I mean – I think it's going to happen. Who do you – who would you like it to be if – do you want Donald Trump to run again? Do you have somebody else in mind? What, who do you think? Because Donald Trump is leading in the polls by a lot – long way. Well, I think
1: it's going to be a more politically savvy Donald Trump. Uh, I think he's going to be clued into the snakes in the grass – in the swamp like miley the general chief of
0: staff millie yeah
1: all the lies yeah millie excuse me my apologies No worries. And, uh, there's other people that he's figured out now okay they've been lying to me this entire time hiding the truth from them you know i think if we do get donald trump back i think he's going to do a much better job
0: and it's going to be you know,
1: great not that he didn't do a bad job before he did an awesome job but you see my point
0: Yeah, listen, I think people just decided Donald Trump, they bubble and fizz like Alka-Seltzer in water because they just cannot give up their rage towards him. The policies were phenomenal. You know, stylistically, you know, this is not a job for somebody that is weak and faint of heart to be president. America needs, we now know what it's like to have a very weak, frail, and cognitive mess as a president. And it's not good. So this is not a job for somebody that is, you know, that's going to just capitulate to everything. If you want to get things done, you got to win elections and you've got to be a force of nature and fight for your policies. Trump did that. And that's why his policies were so successful. And it's those policies that I want back in this country again. That would make America great again. Putting America first and the American first make America great again agenda works. It's simple. Liberty, freedom, capitalism, our Constitution. That's, you know, things like less bureaucracy, lower taxes, school choice, law and order, uh, peace and prosperity for every American, secure borders, energy independence, constitutionalists on the bench. This, this is not complicated. Peace through strength, uh, free and fair trade. You know, American might, military might that you will use effectively, not kill, you know, a bunch of humanitarians and kids. Anyway, appreciate the call. 800-941-SHAWN as we continue. We got a great Hannity 9 Eastern. That's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity full investigation. Our cameras are down at the border in Texas. Sarah Carter will be live with uh, she's been there all day with an investigative report. Governor Greg Abbott on what Texas can do. Uh, Janine Pirro, Herschel Walker, Larry Elder, Kevin McCarthy, 9 Eastern, Set Your DVR, Hannity, Fox News. We'll see you tonight, back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us. You make this show possible. We never will forget it.